Are you a blamer? Do you like to blame other people when things don't go right? Maybe your partner, or even if you're single and going out dating, you, you find blame in other people or things when things don't go right. Today, we're talking about blame and how it can negatively impact your relationships and even your quest to find the relationship that you want. If you'd like to find out more about how to create and build fulfilling relationships, head over to therelationshipmaze.com. And for more about this podcast, head over to therelationshipmazepodcast.com and press subscribe right now. Welcome to today's podcast. And today we're talking about blame. Yes, so something I'm quite familiar with because I have a tendency to be a blamer, to answer your question. Yes, I am a blamer, absolutely. So I can think of lots of situations where I automatically, rather than kind of taking responsibility, I automatically think, oh, well, that must be this person or that person, or it must be Tom, of course, he always gets it. So like this, you know, the situation with the train ticket. Um, Couldn't find the train ticket, we were going to Germany. Um, and I was running, I was stressed, I always get a little bit stressed when we're traveling and um, and I was rummaging around my bag as I always do because I can never find stuff in my bag and I couldn't find the train ticket and automatically, my automatic response was must be you, you didn't, you were supposed to take them and didn't take them. Yeah, or sort of uh, you booked the train tickets and actually it turns out that maybe it was the other person that booked it in the first place. Yes, that's and right. Then, and then, you know, as well, when you get blamed, how do you feel? Mm. So often, you know, I feel like someone's having a go at me, like they, they feel like I'm really, I'm really being attacked mm. and I go on the defensive. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and it usually happens, I mean, blaming often happens when you are sort of stressed, distressed about something, when you're feeling um, under pressure when you feel that something's gone wrong, um, then often, and you, it's sort of quite easy then to kind of rather than look within yourself, because that kind of means that you have to look at your own vulnerabilities or your own uh, challenges and mistakes. It's so much easier to point the finger, isn't it? And by the way, I did find that train ticket in my bag, so it wasn't <laughs> Tom who had it. Yeah, and, and, and this is the thing, is that often when we're blaming it, it's a very defensive thing. Mm. We get into this defensive position, but it comes out often as quite aggressive. Mm. And frequently with other people, we get into this quite aggressive stance, and the other person may go into a defensive stance. Mm. And studies have shown or found that uh, when couples or when people in relationships get into this aggressive, defensive cycle repeatedly, mm. that it's a predictor that relationships are not likely to last. In yeah. fact, yeah. There was some research done by Gottman, wasn't there, about yeah. this, that, um, that couples that... Uh, that get into this uh, blame game quite early on in the early stages of the relationship where one partner is always highly critical and the other one is always defending against the criticism. If they don't sort this out uh, relatively soon, then I think there's an indicator that 80% of relationships or marriages end in divorce within the first four or five years if this, if this pattern in the relationship continues. Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing with uh, blaming is it, it may feel easy. It's the easy option, mm. but it doesn't serve us. We don't benefit. We don't grow. We can't build better relationships. We can't even you know build better lives ourselves because it disempowers us. Mm. And one of the big problems is that um, many times in society we grow up 
almost kind of being conditioned to blame other people. Mm. And there are, there are so many adverts on television, mm. which basically, you know, if, if you were in an accident saying it's not your fault and kind of, you know, there's that immediate thing, let's see if we can blame somebody else. Yes. I remember reading in a newspaper quite a few years ago, um, somebody who was walking in a forest in the UK somewhere and uh, tripped in a rabbit hole and broke their, broke their foot or broke their ankle. And they were trying to sue the Forestry Commission for the fact that they had kind of tripped and broken their ankle. I was thinking, you know, why not sue the fox or the rabbit? The <laughs> rabbit, they kind of built the hole. Yeah, but it's true. That's a really good example, this whole sort of blaming culture, isn't mm. it? It's always somebody else's fault. Everything is always somebody else's fault. Now, that happens, of course, in uh, with couples a lot. And that's I, what I always witness uh, with lots of couples who present in um, in couples therapy. They usually what happens within the first few sessions is always this like let me tell you how awful my partner is let me tell you how much they are hurting me because blame ultimately it's about hurt isn't it it's about you blame someone because you uh, you experience pain about something you feel hurt about something um, and you are discharging that kind of negative emotion that you have that feeling that you have and the easiest way to discharge it, of course, is to do it to do it to the person who is closest to you, who tends to be your partner most of the time. So they're at the receiving end of of all this kind of outburst of of pain, so to speak. And of course, when you're at the receiving end, that's incredibly painful too. Um, and when you're constantly being told that you're getting things wrong, uh, or when you're constantly being told ultimately by your partner that you're not that you're not doing well enough for them that's incredibly painful too yeah and it's often these sort of um unprocessed emotions or emotions we're not always aware of consciously as well that we then project out onto the other person and yeah and, and when you're told you're not doing something well enough for the other person i mean what's that like mm. you know when someone says you never listen to me mm. does that make you want to listen to them so, I mean, how does it make you feel? I mean, if you've experienced that, mm. it's, you know, when we express things, when we get into this blaming stance, it helps get take some of that anger out, but it often makes that cycle of uh, the other person doing the thing that you don't want them to become even bigger. Mm. Yeah, or you often get into what often uh, happens, a, a very frequent presentation is that there's one partner who advances a lot, advances with criticism, seems quite aggressive or demanding, doesn't necessarily have to be aggressive, but demanding and always kind of nagging and complaining about the other. And the other person defends by withdrawing from this from the from their partner, stepping back and and then you basically which then means that the person who blames blames even more because they're not feeling heard, um, they're not feeling um, that they are complaint is being taken into account that their pain is being taken into account ultimately so you get this kind of one person demanding the other one withdrawing and that's quite a toxic kind of cycle um, that over time as i said earlier on showing in the gottman study can be incredibly um, undermining for the relationship and can actually destroy the relationship in the in the long term yeah, absolutely. And and this defensive posture as well is very often another form of blame itself. It's more yeah. of a covert form of blame. Yeah. So if you think of, you know, somebody who's saying something like, well, you you never come home early from work. You don't care about me. You, you never show any sort of caring for me because you're always back late. Yeah. 
then, you know, if the other person, if you get into defensive modes, it might be, well, we, we you know, well, we have a, you know, what do you expect? I mean, I'm just trying to do this for you. I mean, if you weren't so, if you mm. didn't want all these holidays, I wouldn't have to go out and work. And you yes, get into yeah. defensive mode and you're subtly putting the blame in there as well, yes. but in, in a different format. Yeah. And again, the, this cycle kind of increases the other person who then becomes more aggressive yeah. and more hostile. Yes, absolutely. That's a sort of that, and, and on and on and on it goes, doesn't it? So blaming is really, really undermining in the relationship. And often um, another sort of very common presentation with blaming is what we call in uh, in psychotherapeutic terms projective identification. So it's something, so you have an unbearable feeling. There's something inside of you that makes you feel really uncomfortable or something that you don't like about yourself. So, for example... Uh, you might not like feeling anxious, yeah? That's something that you really dislike. So what you're doing, instead of acknowledging that you're feeling anxious, you're blaming your partner. You're saying, oh, you if you weren't so anxious all the time, we wouldn't have all these problems. So you kind of put the blame on the... You, you take your own feelings and put them onto your partner and say, it's theirs, not mine. That's very often um, um, a pattern that plays out in relationships. So, um, for if you're at the receiving end of this as the partner, if you're the one who's always being blamed, if you think, well, hang on, I didn't feel particularly anxious, but now I'm beginning to feel anxious, then sort of think, well, hang on, whose anxiety is this? Is it mine or is it yours? Where is it coming from? Um, It's kind of, you know, where does this originate, really, in our relationship? And sometimes it's actually quite difficult to work that out. but, But that's exactly what needs to happen here to kind of work out what's happening in our system. Who is... Where is the anxiety coming from? And what is the anxiety? Who is experiencing it? And is there something that I can do here to alleviate this anxiety? Yeah, and that's uh, what the term projective identification is, isn't it? So, you know, where we we identify with that projection. So we, you know, it's like the anxiety. You're always so anxious and... Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't feel that, but then you start to get that anxiety. You start to express it, or um, you're, you know, you're always so angry. And it's often the person who's shouting. It's often the person who's shouting that says is saying to the other person, "You're always so angry." Yeah. And maybe they don't respond in an angry way, but the other person projects that. But then naturally, the other person then may become angry as a result. Yeah, anger is very often uh, an element. Uh, there's often when there's a lot of anger with one person i'm always really curious with, with one partner i'm always really curious again where does the anger come from is it always the person who actually expresses the anger or is it really the other person's anger too and they can't allow themselves to express it so they kind of pass it on so to speak unconsciously to their partner it sounds a bit weird it sounds a bit wacky but it's something that happens a lot with 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 couples this kind of passing on of feelings and emotions that are unacknowledged a lot of these processes are unconscious we're not aware of them but they play out all the time so yeah and and the other thing as well is just in terms of the way that we get conditioned into the way we feel about our partner as well if there is a lot of blame we go into this defensive feeling because naturally we have this fight flight freeze response and when somebody is blaming us it feels like they're attacking us it's this aggressive sort of thing so we we may go into that fight where we may kind of get and we may kind of get aggressive back we may go into the fight where we try and kind of avoid it or run away from it or the freeze where we just can't respond Mm. um so we become very passive 
But our body goes into this response and it's also in some ways conditioning how we feel and kind of respond in the future towards our partner. If it happens enough, you know, even just seeing our partner, we start to get this automatic feeling that you know, maybe there's danger. So we may start to feel anxious when we're with the other person or angry when we're with the other person mm -hmm. because our brain is learning, you know, there may be risk here. Yeah. And that, that can be really challenging. So these patterns, you know, can operate at different levels. Absolutely. And they are kind of indicating that there is a, a lack of connection. Ultimately, if this happens all the time, there's lots of blaming, there's something here, there's some, some lack of connection in the relationship that needs addressing. Somebody is... Somebody's pain, somebody's difficulty is not being heard or acknowledged. Uh, but having said that, of course, um, if there is a pattern where one partner always blames, obviously they're not there, something that they're not getting here in the relationship and that needs sorting out and it needs addressing. But conversely, I think also for the person who's always at the receiving end, who is always defending, it can become quite exhausting, can't it? And it can be incredibly undermining also for someone who already struggles with issues around low self-esteem uh, or doesn't have a high sense of self-worth, it can be incredibly undermining as well then to be in a relationship with a partner who is highly critical. Um, so that often might also be a repetition, of course, of a previous pattern where they've had parents who might have been very undermining and now they've got the partner who's doing the same. Very often that plays out again and again. Um, so it's it's very destructive overall. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and, and most, I think, really importantly is when we are blaming or when we get into that defensive mode, we, we put ourselves in that victim posture. Yep. We talked about the drama triangle in a previous podcast. Um, but basically, mm -hmm. the, the, you know, the victim posture is where we don't have a sense of empowerment, where we can't really take action and this is the same if, if you're single and listening to this you know this happens as well when you're out dating mm -hmm. you know I hear people who say well dating web websites they just rip you off and you never find anybody dating mm -hmm. websites don't work or you know, I've, I've heard people say uh, well yeah I go out on a date and it seems to go great but the other person doesn't contact me in sort of a day or two days so they clearly just don't care about me people don't care about me people just are so selfish and the way that we tend to kind of blame things outside of ourselves rather than thinking actually well what can I do so it's about, again, thinking how do we change a cycle from victim where we're mm. at the effect of those things outside of us and put ourselves more at the sense of having some ability to take action. Mm. So being more at what we might call at cause, where we, we have more empowerment, where we know that actually we can take action, we can affect change. Yeah, because it's all in the end. Of course, instead of blaming, what we want to move towards is more of a sense of accountability, responsibility, a sense of, well, what, what is it that I am contributing? First of all, what is it that I'm experiencing? What's, what's my frustration here? Uh, what's my hurt? What's my distress? Um, what's the cause of that? Is it really my partner? Is it, you know, is it just, or is it someone else? Is it the situation outside of our relationship? Is it stress at work? What is it that is so difficult for me at this point in time that I need to discharge it and pass it on to my, my partner? So it's taking some sort of um, accountability for it, which is not always easy, particularly because it also, accountability might also mean that we have to acknowledge our own vulnerabilities. For example, my vulnerability is often around stress. I get stressed quite easily. I get sort of flustered quite easily. 
And I don't like that. I really, really dislike that about myself. So that's why I often pass it on to other people. I Tom gets it a lot of the time. So it's sort of acknowledging, well, what, this is my stuff here. This is something that I need to deal with. It's something I need to address. I need to learn to manage. Or if I can't manage it, I can acknowledge it in a different way, can't I? I can, I can go to Tom and say, well, I'm feeling really, really stressed here. Uh, is there something, you know, and, and I can ask for help. Um, uh, and maybe then I don't need to get into this kind of flustered state. Yeah, so often when we blame other people, it's really because we we feel that we're looking for some sense of control. And by blaming someone else as well, it gives us that illusion of control. Mm. But I think the key word is illusion, mm. because actually it takes away control because it's giving a false sense of where fault lies. Mm. And essentially, if we really want to have more control in our lives and control of what happens in our lives, it's thinking, well, what actions can I take or where can I find these things? What might be going on within me? And exploring that. Mm -hmm. So whenever we're blaming, although sometimes it may feel that that's somehow gaining some sense of control, it's actually a false sense where we're actually losing more control. Mm. Yeah, because it's a sort of flailing about, isn't it? It's mm. this sort of helpless, oh, everything's getting too much, I'll just sort of you know, I'll throw it over there kind of response, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And, and, and in a relationship as well, you know, how do we deal with this, like you were saying? Well, you know, it's first of all thinking what might be going on within us, but also being able to talk about it and being able to talk about it in an open and honest way without accidentally blaming the other person. Mm. So very much sort of these statements where you're saying how you feel, not you make me feel a certain way. So again, thinking I feel. Mm -hmm. um, so it could be saying something like, well, I've been, I've been feeling blamed recently and I don't feel good about it. Mm -hmm. And again, saying it in a way that isn't sounding blaming. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if I said, I've been feeling blamed recently and I don't feel good about it, <laughs> you know, with aggression in the voice, it comes across in totally the wrong way. Mm -hmm. But that statement, you're just saying essentially how you're feeling and how it makes you feel, you know, how what's been you know what your experience has been how you feel as a result but not saying you know you've been blaming me recently where the person <clears throat> go into a defensive posture yeah <clears throat> and on that note also this kind of global statements with um, you always or you never are really undermining um, because it's not true um, your partner isn't <clears throat> always doing something or never doing something they're just occasions uh, when it gets uh, when something might get uh, challenging for you, but it doesn't happen all the time. So global statements like this are really not helpful at all. And often it's it's natural for us to fall into that. Is that and notice it in yourself as well. When something happens once, do we tend to think inside of ourselves like this is all the time? It's every time, or you never like you never listen to me. Yeah. Exactly. And again, really, what never? Yeah. Yeah. And also be quite specific in terms of if you are, if there's something that you're really struggling with, um, that you find quite challenging, um, maybe you need to ask your partner for some support or help with that. So by just saying, I need, I need you to take over here. I need you to be on time. So that's sort of, that's the topic that often plays out. But lateness is often an issue for lots of couples where one one partner has cooked a meal, is waiting for the partner, who, for the other partner who's late from work, and and off we go, and then the blame game starts. So it's also kind of saying, look, just being really clear. I need you to be here on time because I've just gone through all of this effort doing preparing the food, and this is really important to me. 
So saying it in that way makes a difference. Yeah, and also remembering, you know, how we interpret things with the other person. Sometimes we interpret their behaviour or their physiology in a way that makes us feel that they're doing something that isn't serving us. So as an example, uh, I was running a course that I think went over about three or four days for a group of people. It was uh, helping people learn some skills for kind of communication to help them get back into work. And I remember there was one person on the course who, for th- I think it was four days, who sat there the whole time with his head down, eyes closed, and I thought he was asleep. And I was thinking, I was getting really frustrated. I thought, this person just, you know, why is he here? He's not even listening. At the end of the four days, he came up to me and basically said, well, you know, that was the most useful four days I've ever been on and kind of clearly had been listening intently, but that was his listening style. So sometimes, you know, we think somebody isn't listening or paying attention. That makes us feel frustrated or angry. And, and that's, you know, in relationships, that may be in the sort of, you never listen to me. Because of the partner's listening style, because of how we interpret it. Mm. And when we say, you never listen to me, you know, as we talked about earlier, that's never going to help change something. It's never going to help for either person. So what can we do in that sort of situation? Well, if you know, it's not about the never. It's about sort of when you experience it and as soon as you experience it. Because rather than sort of sitting on um, frustrations for a long time, which then build into some sort of resentment, which then leads up to a big explosion at some point with the you always or you never sort of um, stance. It's really helpful to express um, anything that um, that kind of creates disconnection with your partner. Because in the end, and remember, this is always about connection. It's actually it's less about communication. It's about being close to your partner and having that connection with your partner. It's um, it's expressing it. It's letting your partner know this is how you're feeling in this moment. Uh, that gives them a chance. Also, a it gives you it allows you to express what you feel, and it also gives your partner a chance to to maybe rectify the situation, to help you, to soothe you if you feel very distressed, um, to be reassuring, whatever it is that you need in this moment. Yeah, so just as a, a little example, so I remember once there was, a, like years ago, there was a time when um, you might be talking and uh, I was, I'd was i like see a bird outside the window and suddenly look at the bird and you'd feel that I wasn't listening to you. Mm. And how might you express that in a way that, uh, yeah, because for me, I was still listening, but I was also kind of looking at something that was happening outside the window because it was something that I, I found really kind of uh, just took my attention for a moment, but I was still kind of aware. But, but in te- you know, if you say, well, you know, you don't listen to me. You never listen to me. Yeah. yeah exactly. So rather than saying you never listen to me, um, you can say something like, well, it seems to me that when you're looking, when you're not looking at me while I'm talking to you, that you're not paying attention to what I have to say or that you're not interested in what you have to say. Yeah, or, you know, I, I, I feel that sometimes you're not, inter- I, I feel sometimes not listened to mm-hmm. when, when you kind of are looking out the window. Yeah, without trying to take some emotion away and just exploring that. And then having an open conversation about it. Because, again, that this is in, in two different sides. Is that it is, you know, for some people it may be possible to listen when they're looking at the window. But it doesn't feel it for the other person. Mm-hmm. And it's about how we can manage that for both people. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, maybe easier then to think, okay, well, I'm just going to make sure I kind of put my attention on the other person so that they feel... Hurt, so they have that need that, mm. but we may not have realised that before. But in terms of the mm. blaming stance, mm. you know that makes you kind of just think, well, 
oh, maybe I just don't want to spend so much time with this person because they're just going to give me a hard time. <laughs> but when we have an open conversation, we can find little things that we can change, little things that, you know, we, can, we may have to compromise. It may be not one person or the other. It may be a bit of both. Mm. Yeah, because in the end, I mean, what it's always about, it's about sort of joining your partner's world, inner world, um, and perspectives on the world. Because you don't really know, you never quite know what goes on on the other side. You can always approximate it, and <clears throat> of course you do, and you come up with interpretations and ideas about what might be going on within their world, but you don't know. And the only way to do that is to check, to clarify, to, <clears throat> to, to, you know, to, to see what, you know, to check with your partner, is this what you're experiencing, is this what you're thinking, or are you not listening to me, for example. So you, you, you can only do that, rather than by assuming that you know, you need to check and check again. That would be my advice, really, because you don't know. Yeah, and I think, you know, when you get into that situation where you feel like blaming, some really important questions to ask yourself is, how am I really feeling? What's the emotions that I'm really feeling? Where are these feelings coming from? Are they really coming from this situation now? Or does it bring up things from the past for me? And maybe I respond according to that. So it may not be that I'm kind of having that feeling really just to do with what's going on now, but it reminds me or kind of brings up those ways of relating from the past. Yeah, and of course, again, this relates to attachment styles, and we often we always come back to attachment styles, don't we, or a lot of the time, and we've done other podcasts on attachment style. Um, so blaming is a form of protest. It's protesting. It's a kind of, it's a, it's a, an expression of an underlying anxiety that your partner is not there for you, is not present for you, um, that you know your attachment to the partner is not secure in this moment. So you're just letting them know you're protesting in this moment. Um, and of course, if you are, <clears throat> if the partner is a, of a more avoidant disposition they are more likely to withdraw in this moment rather than to step forward. So we want to have a dance where where we sort of both, where, you know, particularly when this happens a lot, this kind of dynamic where one advances and the other withdraws, that both partners do the opposite movement, so to speak. So if you are blaming all the time, advancing, you need to learn to step back. Uh, and you, if you are always blamed and you're withdrawing, you need to learn to step forward towards your partner. So do the opposite move. But this takes practice over time. Um, it's not impossible, it just takes practice and awareness of what's happening here in this dynamic. What are we playing out again? Yeah, and asking yourself questions as well, such as, well, actually, where, how might I have some uh, effect in this? How might I be responsible in some ways for this situation? Mm -hmm. So rather than just thinking, how is the other person responsible? It's thinking, actually, you know, where could I maybe have some parts to play in this situation in the first place? Mm -hmm. And sometimes there are situations that do very much seem like, well, why is, you know, what's, why is the world giving me all of this? And mm -hmm. Those situations are really difficult and I've had situations in my life as well that have been very challenging and and sometimes the most powerful thing for me and it won't work for everybody is thinking, well, you know, what, what can I learn from this? Yeah. And sometimes it's afterwards and even if it's just thinking, well, I've learned that actually I have strength that I didn't realise was there. Yeah. So it's resilience and strength. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, we can contribute to that, can't we? Yeah. It? yeah. 
Great. So I think we've kind of covered everything we want to today. So thanks for tuning in. Please write us a review as well, if, if, you, uh, if you can. We'd love that if you can give us a little review on the podcast channel. Uh, press subscribe. And we hope you tune in next week. And we look forward to speaking with you then. Take good care. Until then, goodbye. Bye.